Welcome to the She's Brave podcast, where I help women be brave and go after what they really want in life. I'm Tiffany, certified coach and counselor, here to help guide you on this journey. Hey y'all, so I have Ruby Powell on the podcast today. She is a coach for women who are single mothers. She's also a teacher and a published author. I absolutely love this interview with her guys because her story shows how life isn't perfect. There's so many ups and downs and twists and turns in her story. And she's talking to us today about how she's become the confident woman that she is today and how she has gone after the things that she wants and how that does not have to look perfect and that you should be doing the things that you want to do. So I love this interview. I know you're going to get so much from it. So, Ruby, so tell us a little bit about your story. So you're someone who I feel embodies someone who's going after what she wants, someone who's being brave, who is, at least from the outside looks like fearlessly is just going after her dreams. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, how you've become the confident woman that you are today. Well, um, my story can be a little detailed. I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version. Um, I was not always outwardly, the well, I shouldn't say I wasn't always outwardly the confident woman, but as I was growing up, I was always called bossy. I was always told, oh, you're so bossy, you're so bossy. And as I got older, I realized that I was not necessarily bossy, but that I was a leader in training but did not necessarily have the proper mentorship to teach me what a leader was. And it wasn't until I got older and got into the professional world and saw examples of leadership, some good, some bad, that I really started to take on my leadership style. And so um, growing up, I was, um, I was initially raised in a two-parent home which gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of structure because, you know, my parents were typically a two-parent household. And I was raised around a lot of two-parent households. Um, but when I was about 14, my parents separated and divorced. And I was raised from throughout my teenage years by my dad. So those years were very... Um, how can I describe them? Very traumatic for me because I was starting a new lifestyle that I, number one, did not like because I had become accustomed to being in a two-parent home and didn't quite know what to do with it. So this occurred like at the very beginning of my high school career. I still did very well in high school. I tested and got into the number one high school in the city at the time and still did very well in high school despite being a very broken and very angry young woman. Um, so I really threw all of my energies into my studies. Um, I started working when I was about 14 years old. My first job was as a summer school tutor at an mm -hmm. elementary school. And then throughout the years, um, I did other jobs working at fast food restaurants um, and those types of things until I graduated college. I always knew 
that I wanted to do something big. But initially, my quest to do something big was to make other people proud. And my first, uh, when I first went to college, I spent two and a half years in the College of Engineering at the University of Illinois, and that's one of those little-known secrets that people usually say, oh, tell us about yourself. Tell us <laughs> something that people wouldn't know, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily know. Well, that's one of those little-known thoughts. I spent two and a half years in the, the College of Engineering only to determine that that's not what I wanted to do. I've always been a people person. Even though I am an introvert, I'm also a so social butterfly. Now, that sounds like an oxymoron, but <laughs> um, I really get my energy from being by myself and focusing by myself. But when I'm around people, I do rise to the occasion. But what I found in the College of Engineering is that those people didn't have relationships with other people. And I was just like, mm, this is not quite it. Um, then I changed my major. And I tell this story a lot uh, to those who I'm coaching, those that I'm teaching, and I'll tell you why in a minute. When I changed my major from engineering, I went into criminal justice pre-law, and that's what I ultimately got my undergraduate degree in. Then a few years later, I went and started working on my master's degree in criminology. Well, once I got into that, I realized that if I was going to get a master's degree in criminal justice or criminology, I would have to look at blood, guts, and dead bodies. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. That was not my story either. <laughs> because I didn't like blood, I didn't like guts, and I certainly did not like dead bodies. And so, again, I changed my major to this time psychology, guidance, and counseling, and that's what I ultimately got my master's in. I then, um, I've always had a desire to help people to achieve what they wanted to achieve. So I'm, I'm what you call a pusher. I've been pretty much a coach, a life coach. At, at, at the time, I was an uncertified life coach because I was coaching people and counseling people and doing all of that <laughs> and didn't really have the, the credentials or the certification to do it. But ultimately, I got a doctorate degree in educational leadership. So I've been all over the place educationally. No education is wasted education. I tell that story because it's so very important for people to have proper guidance. It's so very important for um, people to know what they're passionate about and seek after that. And I realized that a lot of what I did in terms of education and even some of my career goals, um, I did them to make other people happy, number one, and to impress other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that that wasn't me. I've always done exceptionally well with everything I've done, but it still wasn't me. And so I found myself an adult woman who was very broken, who was still exuding confident because I was doing great things on the outside, but on the inside, I was a very broken young woman because I could not find that place of passion. I couldn't find that place of peace. I could not find that place of happiness. And when I realized that, um, I, I realized what was my niche. And for so long, 
I ran away from the title of, oh, you're bossy, you're bossy. And when I finally realized and someone told me, you know what, you're such an exceptional leader. And I began to get promoted on my jobs based on just my leadership skills and the development of my leadership skills. And then I connected with people who helped me to hone those skills. And from that, I began to excel professionally. And so, you know, I was a 30-year-old woman who was working for the state of Illinois in social services, and I was the youngest manager in the state of Illinois and excelling at it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, something I was passionate about, protecting children, uh, counseling children, counseling adults, helping uh, children to be protected and families to either be together, stay together, or be reunited. So that's kind of how my professional career, um, my real professional career started. And at some point, I realized that after being and doing that for almost 30 years, well, 27 years, I realized that this is not just it. Um, in the midst of that, I became a single parent, at the, a single mother at the age of 28. It was not my plan. It was not my design. It was actually God's design. But um, it wasn't the way I would have wanted it to be, and I would not have wanted to, to be as a single parent. But I appreciate the fact that God entrusted me with the daughter that he entrusted me with at that time because it really helped me to grow up in a lot of things because for the first time in my life, I was really, truly responsible for another person. So I wasn't a teenage mom. I wasn't a, um, a young, unaware mom. I was old enough to, you know, to know and to, to do better. Mm -hmm. But like I said, no mistakes in life, um, and I appreciate God entrusted me with the daughter that he entrusted me with. So one of the things that I never really experienced was being a low-income single mother. Mm -hmm. And I was around low-income single mothers all the time because of the profession that I was in, and it would break my heart to come home and just think about these women that I was working with day in and day out and how they had lost their hope, how they had lost their passion, how they had lost their dreams, how they just, um, once they became parents, and most of them single parents, how they just threw caution to the wind and said, this is my lot, lot in life, that I'm going to, you know, be responsible for this kid, and that's it, or these kids, and that's mm -hmm. it. And so I just began to think, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 10 years ago, December 1st made 10 years, I actually started a nonprofit organization. Now, mind you, this was an organization that was really an incubation stage for 17 years um, from the time my daughter was a year old. And it wasn't until a friend of mine just pushed me and said, you need to stop talking about this and do something about it. When are you going to start this organization? And I was like, okay, okay, December 1st. <laughs> didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to get started or where to go from there. But I knew that if I opened my mouth, 
and put a date on it, if I opened my mouth and said I would do it, that I wouldn't turn back from it. So for, for the last 10 years, um, and not to the degree that I want to, I have been offering life coaching and business coaching services to low-income single mothers uh, through my organization called in Oasis Empowerment Zone. Um, ironically, all of my services have been donated by me or by others that have worked with me from time to time. We have not required one penny from any of our clients. And we have provided services that helped women um, take their dreams and realize, you know, realize their dreams. And so my model has been where dreams become visions, visions become goals, and goals become reality. And so it's kind of a step-by-step process of taking our, our, our ladies all the way back to this corny question of, what did you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And then helping them to pick apart what stopped them from getting there. Mm-hmm. And then working through the processes of saying, is this still something that you're passionate about? If not, helping them to find what they are passionate about and then helping them to walk through the process of actually realizing those goals. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am. I have a running joke um, that I work 15 jobs. (laughs) 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 Some days it feel like that. Today was Uh one of those days where it felt like I was working all 15 jobs at one time. But at the end of the day, when I have a student, um, and I also teach, I teach part-time at Prairie State College in a specialized program for at-risk youth. And when I have a student walk out of my class and say, thank you for motivating us today, then it, you know, it's all worth it. Yeah. It's all worth it. It's so interesting to hear like everything, like how your story is like, okay, I went here and then I realized like, no, this isn't kind of where, what I want to do. And then it sounds, sounds like you started to figure out like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm not going to be um, doing the things that, that are going to make somebody else happy. I'm going to do what I'm passionate about and what I want to do. So, and then it's like, okay, you had a lot of community, it sounds like in there that were helping you to get where you wanted to be. Like you had those pushes to get that organization start. Um, It sounds like you had someone guiding you through all the processes of going through school and everything. You're like, you know what? It has to be more than this. Let me start my organization. And then it's so amazing that you're offering those services to women and it's like completely like free for them and they're able to benefit mm-hmm. from that. Like that is so amazing. Like that they, yeah. and like, there's just something that's needed, especially um, it's like, yeah, you know, you do have kids and you have these things and life can be stressful and everything, but you know, it doesn't have to be just that. You can, you can go after the things that you really want. Let's figure out where, you know, it sounds like you're like, let's figure out where you, where you got tripped up and let's, let's get you back on track because it doesn't just have to be it. It doesn't just have to be only about the kids. Of course, they're, you know, yeah. they're number one, but you know, you got to put yourself in there too. So yeah. that is amazing. Like, it's so amazing to hear like the different aspects of your story and how everything um, went to, went, how everything with it, it ultimately formed together for you, you know, at the end yeah. of you having the business yeah. and, and teaching and motivating. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, um, 
a lot of the ladies that we have served. And, and, and the way I actually started the business was I started with a weekly empowerment call. Mm-hmm. So we would meet on the line on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. And I started out with maybe four or five women just from my circle, people who I talked with and said, hey, if I started this empowerment call, would you join it? And they're like, well, what are we going to do? Um, you know, and I said, well, I'm not quite sure. I want this to be about what you need, about what you want, about what you hear, what you need to hear about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, women started connecting on the call and uh, I was doing workshops. I was doing, sometimes I would have guest speakers come on, but we always started and ended in prayer because that's, that's my foundation. And that's mm-hmm. how I accomplish and achieve what I accomplished through my spiritual life. And so yeah. before long, I had women from all over the country calling in. Sometimes oh. I would have up to 40, 30 or 40 women connecting on a call at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night. And we were talking about and praying about what, what was the concerns for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just helping them to know that you're not in this thing by yourself. And so a lot of the women who connected on that call have formed relationships. They've become a network for each other. They've become resources for each other. And some of them still maintain relationships, and I still have relationships with some of them to this day. Some of them I've never met in person. Mm -hmm. And it was only through that call that we connected, and that's how our connection remained. Yeah, because I think that the important part in what you're saying is like those, those relationships are what's important. Like mm-hmm. having that support system to say, no, you you don't have to do this by yourself and have right. that push. Like when you, when you had, when you were doing your organization to have that push to say, okay, no, go after that. Let's motivate mm-hmm. each other. Let's support each other. So those relationships are key in getting to where you want to be. Absolutely. I've had so many of my, you know, the women that were on the call on that initial call, many of them have gone back to school and finished high school diplomas finished college degrees. Um, Some of them have started businesses. Just as a result of me saying, let's take away the I can't and Mm -hmm. replace it with the I can. And -hmm. the only requirement that I have for them is that they will be willing to work hard to get to where they wanted to be. And it wasn't, they couldn't, you know, even on days when it was difficult, I kept myself open or I kept my line open to say, hey, I'm struggling today. What do I need to do to get over this hump? Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them still connect, you know, some of them connect with me on Facebook and through Facebook Messenger. Some of them still have my phone number, my personal cell phone number and still call. And, you know, because everybody sometimes, you know, everybody runs through um, rough times. Everybody hit a stumbling block from time to time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I, I want to always be available to motivate them to go, you know, to live their best life and go to their next, the next step in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give a woman who's afraid? So what would you, what advice would you give her? Like, she's afraid to go after the things that she wants. What would you say to her? 
Well, the first thing I would say to her is the same thing I say to so many. What is the difference between you and someone else that's achieving what you desire to achieve? Yeah. The only difference is you. Mm -hmm. And I use the analogy, and as a matter of fact, I use the analogy today in class. There was a time when tables didn't exist. Real simple, basic um, analogies. There was a time that chairs didn't exist. There was times when light bulbs didn't exist. Mm -hmm. What was the motivation or what sparked in the inventor's mind that caused them to be successful with developing a table? It could have been something as simple as, hey, I'm holding this plate on my lap and I'm eating. I need to find something to hold this plate so I don't have to hold it on my lap. Now, that's a far-fetched thinking, Mm -hmm. but it could have been the thinking. People got tired of sitting on on the floor. Chairs come Mm -hmm. in all shapes, forms, and fashions. But somebody decided that there had to be a mechanism to get them up off the floor and get them onto something higher. Thus, we have the chair. The person that invented excuse me, that invented the light bulb, they failed 999 times before mm-hmm. the light bulb actually came on. Had they given up at 998, we would have not had the light bulb. Mm-hmm. So what's it, what is it that's stopping you? If you think that failure is stopping you, it shouldn't. Because situations fail, people don't. And so if you're motivated, to continue to push forward, even if the situation is not successful the first time. It takes you having a determination to try again, to not to decide to not throw out the baby with the bathwater, but to say, hey, what worked well? What didn't work well? Do I need additional resources to help me to figure out what didn't go well? And who's gonna hold me accountable to keep moving forward. I am very, very big on accountability circles. I Mm -hmm. value them to the highest degree. So we all need somebody. At one point, this is really a simple um, uh, explanation, not explanation, but this is really a simple um, analogy of an accountability partner. I had a friend uh, at one point, I was struggling with taking my vitamins. I would pack my vitamins up every day or whenever I needed to, stick them in my purse or my lunch bag, and that's where they would stay. I had Mm -hmm. a friend who would call me or text me every single day and say, hey, did you (laughs) take your vitamins? Hey. Mm -hmm. And honestly, she did it so much till it ultimately got on my nerves. (laughs) But what, honestly, but what happened Mm -hmm. was it caused me to form a habit because every time she would text me or every time she would call me and say, did you take your vitamins? It would make me stop and take them until it Mm -hmm. became a habit. Now I need to get her back holding me accountable for taking those vitamins again because I've fallen (laughs) off the wagon again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a part of a mastermind group where we hold each other accountable for the goals that we set. Um, And then other, you know, when I was going through school, I had other people who were also working towards the same goal, and we would hold each other accountable. Hey, what did you research today? How many words did you write today on your dissertation? You know, whatever it is that we were trying to do, 
we always held each other accountable for doing it. And so that helps to push that woman past that fear, Mm -hmm. as well as reaching for resources that other people may have. You know, I don't know it all. You may not know it all, but someone Mm -hmm. else may come along and say, hey, I know someone who does, or I know Mm -hmm. someone who can connect you to this, or I know someone who, or the person that you're talking to may be that person to say, oh, I can help you with that. Yeah. And so having somebody to walk alongside of you oftentimes helps to manage that fear because you know you're not in it alone. Not not to become codependent on that person, but to become interdependent. Yeah. And so that's what I would advise. That's what I would advise people. Find somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Yeah, because when we're by ourselves, we can like, okay, you know, it's just me. Nobody, I, nobody's asked me about anything. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so then yeah. you get stuck and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to be comfortable and I'm just going to stay here. But if you have those women and those other people who can connect you, who can uplift you, who can support you and hold you accountable, then yeah, and that's where Absolutely. that change happens. Absolutely. And so, so yeah, it's it's important. It is. You know, that community. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up today, is there anything else that you want to leave with the audience? Um, yeah. Just don't quit. Yeah. Even when things are hard. And it sounds very cliche-ish, but it's a reality. Just don't quit. Sometimes you may have to take a step back, but in the long run, even when you get your second win, keep going. Start again. I have a motto um, that I, I started a few years ago when I, I had my organization on a hiatus while I finished my dissertation. And when I got ready to relaunch, I said that I'm starting again without starting over. In other words, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but I'm picking up where I left off and I'm coming back even stronger and even greater. hmm and so that would be my advice. If you've stopped, if you're, if you put a pause, um, or if, or even if you put a period where you should have put a pause, be okay with starting again without starting over. Because even if the situation wasn't successful, it doesn't mean that you as a person was not successful. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be finished. You can just keep. You can keep going. You can. Pick up where you left off. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know this is going to be so helpful to everybody. I love hearing everyone's story. And it's it's crazy because I hear little pieces of threads of everyone's stories. Like the thing that I hear common is that, you know, go after the thing that you are passionate about. Have that yeah. community. Have the people that are going to be there and uplift you. Have, you know, that is really where the power is. It's with the group when you're with someone that's going to hold you accountable, but yeah, go after the things that you want. So thank you so much, Ruby. I really appreciate this. Oh, you're so welcome. I am so honored that you asked me to be a part of this podcast and I appreciate being able to share a little bit of who I am.